WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Hey, good you could join us for another edition of News from the Wireless Institute of Australia. This one for July 29, week commencing. I'm Graham VK4BB. In the news, winter VHF UHF field day results, robotics fun day and WIA Queensland Club's President's Lunch. Go Channel O. The 50 meg Channel O transmissions in southern New South Wales were terminated last month. It included the main transmitter at Mount Alandra and translators at Cooma and Nuruma. This leaves the final transmission in the country, the translator located within Tamworth. It too will soon be a thing of the past. As part of Australian Engineering Week, Macquarie University is hosting an afternoon of robotics, fun and learning. Robot enthusiasts of all ages are welcome to join in the fun. Sunday, August 5, 2pm, building E7B. That's in the internal courtyard of Macquarie University, North Ride in Sydney. Confidence grows of a record ILLW year. With nearly 340 registrations so far in the 15th Annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, August 18 and 19, what will be the lucky 400th entry? We've seen the Moritzburg Light in Germany score the 100th, followed by Point Furman in the USA as 200th, and St Tudwell's Lighthouse in Wales as the 300th. Organisers of the fun event held on the third weekend of August are ready for the 400th registration as it seeks to break last year's record of 470 from 55 countries. Several weeks back, we reported on a repeater pirate in southeast Queensland. Ray VK4 Charlie Fox joins us ahead of Don Wolshevsky VK4BY and a report on the WIA Queensland Club's President's Lunch. The station was using the fake call sign VK4 NFL. You'll be pleased to know that the ACMA have now located the station. The matter is now in the hands of the Commonwealth Legal Authorities and the owner will be prosecuted. Michael Owen spoke about the WIA participation in the World Radio Conferences. It is very important to participate in the process, leading to major international meetings to ensure amateur radio interests are protected. The WRC and other meetings are held in Geneva in Switzerland. The main issues discussed were amateur allocation below 500 kHz made at WRC 12, a proposal by Cuba at WRC 12 for a secondary amateur allocation around 5.25 to 5.45 megahertz. This is now on the agenda for the next WRC in 2015. This is thought to be a fairly difficult exercise. Also threats to the amateur bands from other proposals um, will be taken to WRC 15. Michael Owen is seeking feedback from members on its commitment to representing the amateur service and work associated with the WRC. Loss of 420 to 430 MHz. From the 1st of January 2013, this band segment will no longer be available, at least for general amateur use. The main users at the moment are some 70 licensed repeater links, with 35 licensees. The WIA is coordinating the frequency changes. Of note is that only three other countries in the world have an amateur allocation in this segment. ACMA. The Australian Communications and Media Authority is currently very busy with 400 MHz frequency reallocations and delays are occurring with frequency approvals for repeaters, etc. Delays of three months are being experienced. As the amateur LCD, 
would require amendment to deal with the changes to the 420-430 MHz subband and the new allocation below 500 kHz. The WIA hoped that the power limit for advanced licensees could be changed at the same time, as the higher power trial had not revealed any real problems. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania on MF and HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. On behalf of VK7 OTC, I'm Peter Lee. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Hams across Australia it is, and again this work will be joined by VK8ZWM from Darwin. But to VK2, where today, Sunday 29 of July, the Home Brew Group will be holding their bi-monthly technical meeting at Dural. The meeting after the Trash and Treasure at 1pm. At the meeting, Mark Blackmore, VK2XOF, the Dural engineer, will be discussing switch mode power supplies, the talk about conversion of surplus switching power supplies to amateur use. VK3, the first quarterly meeting with a speaker, is to be held by Amateur Radio Victoria in August. The Tuesday nights of August 14 and then November 13 have been chosen in addition to February 10 during the Centre Victoria Radio Fest and the annual general meeting May 14. The speaker nights on the third Tuesday of August and November start at 8pm and the speaker session will follow to AGM in May and they're held at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. The first will be the popular Mark Tell, who brings the very latest from the ACMA world of radio inspectors, the varied work they do to track down interference as well as ensure all Spectrum users are aware of the regulations. Put it in the calendar now, Tuesday, August 14, 40G Victoria Boulevard, Ashburton, 8pm for the Amateur Radio Victoria Speaker Night. TARC WIA exams information. Exam sessions in the North Queensland region are held on demand with WIA assessors. Assessment packs are available for all three levels of licensing. Contact the TARC Incorporated WIA exam regional coordinator, that's Ray VK4NET, on home telephone 4723-4351. Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania. August presentation will be Homebrewing the Electrochemical Way. Ever wanted to try your hand at chemistry? Well, the August presentation may just be up your alley. Mike Harris, formerly VK7ACQ, was a chemist in the dim dark past and has been doing some experimenting with homebrewing electrochemical apparatus. Mike has homebrewed such a cell from a modified arc welder and other items to produce such a functioning cell. When? August 1 from 7.30pm... Queen's Domain Club Rooms. Hello, this is Spud, VK8ZWM from the Darwin Amateur Radio Club. Firstly, our weekly gatherings on a Thursday morning between 10 and 12 at the Club Rooms in Sports House, Waratah, Crescent, Fanny Bay continue with a steady stream of members and visitors to the top end. The next meeting of the Darwin Amateur Radio Club will be on the 1st of August at 7pm. The evening will start with a special general meeting to approve the constitutional amendments that the committee have poured over for several months and put them to the vote. We need at least 20 members there, or by signed proxy vote, for the amendments to pass. Following will be a discussion about the club's entry into the RD contest, the International Lighthouse Weekend, and also up for discussion is a swap meet being held on holiday Monday, the 6th of August. Sellers arrive around 8am, doors open at 9am, tables $5 each, barbecue lunch, the normal rules apply. The after-lunch activity will be an auction of donated items. 
For further information or to book a table, contact Alan VK8AB. That's it from me, Spud VK8ZWM for now. Remember to keep an ear out for VK8DA in the RD, especially on 40. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK3, it can be heard on the Amateur Radio Victoria Broadcast Network, 11am Sunday mornings. I'm Greg, the Funky Man, VK3 FUNK. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F call? The joys of amateur radio involve the mystical ability of a piece of wire to resonate and transmit our voice or data across the radio airwaves. It's a tricky business which involves the length of the wire, its proximity to other objects and the difference in impedance between the wire and the radio. Having all the information in one place seems to be a challenge and each amateur you speak to has a whole set of personal experience which may or may not contradict the experience of the next amateur you speak with. I just spent a very enjoyable hour and a half speaking with several other amateurs in a group discussion about the challenge one amateur was having with their multiband HF antenna. It goes a little like this. You have a multiband antenna and you pull it out of its packaging only to find that you need to tune the thing. So you read the instructions which say that you should start with the shortest length, tune that, then work your way up. It even tells you how to set up your antenna while you're doing this. Of course, nothing is ever that simple. Once you've tuned it, you climb on your roof, bolt the contraption in place and find that nothing is the same. Worse still, you really need to be in two places at the same time. At your antenna analyzer on the ground and at your antenna on the roof. Simple, you just get two people. Only the person on the roof and the aluminium antenna that got them there affect the antenna. So you need an RF invisible person and a wooden ladder. Or you just need more help, more calculation or more patience. So, you've got this magic gadget pretty close, but you still have more hair to lose. The antenna rusts, conductivity changes, you name it. This, to me, is what the thrill of amateur radio is all about. Experimentation and learning. Interacting with others and trying stuff. My recommendation, if you're ever pulling out your hair, remember, amateur radio is older than you. There are many people around who have gone this path before, so don't reinvent the wheel. Ask another amateur. You're likely to find someone who's done what you're trying and has solved the problem before. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline. NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. There's a buck in it. Last week we made mention of the forthcoming August 5 implosion of the old News Talk ZB Christchurch building, not occupied since the 2011 quake. The contractor responsible for the implosion of Christchurch's radio network house has high hopes for large bids being placed for the rights to push the button. The Trade Me auction has already reached over $7,000 with the money raised going towards the rebuild of the Isaac Theatre Royal. Thai radio operators make their case at public hearing. 
More than a thousand representatives from broadcast radio stations in Thailand attended an NBTC public hearing about draft radio rules. It is reported police intervened during the heated hearing. The National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Commission, NBTC, say there are 7,000 registered radio operators in Thailand airing programs on the AM and FM radio frequencies. New DXCC entity Kosovo soon. Almost four and a half years after obtaining its independence, the Kosovo, former province of Serbia, shall receive its full sovereignty in September. This was decided by the International Steering Group, as the Austrian Foreign Minister, Michael Spenderleger, announced in Vienna last Monday. Accordingly, the group decided to end international supervision with immediate effect to support the independence of Kosovo. 25 countries are belonging to the International Steering Group, including Germany and most other EU countries, the United States and Turkey. The concept of supervised independence was invented by the former Finnish UN Special Envoy for Kosovo, Marti Atarasi. Open and shut case. A radio signal being transmitted out of a USA submarine base is likely behind reports of garage doors failing to open and close in southeastern Connecticut, the US Navy said. The signal is part of the radio system used by the military to coordinate responses with civil emergency workers, said a spokesman for the submarine base. Because garage door openers are unlicensed devices, they are not offered any protection from interference by licensed users in the same frequency band. The problem, first reported by the Day of New London, is that the same frequency is used at very low levels by the manufacturers of garage door openers. The signals from remote controls to open or close the doors are blocked by the signal from the base. Hot copper, wireless. Calgary police in Canada have created a special unit to target copper wire thieves as the number of thefts continues to rise. Last month, the CBC was hit when $50,000 worth of copper wire was stolen from its transmitter site in southwest Calgary. The price of the metal is rising, and so are the numbers of thieves hoping to cash in. Offenders see the crime as extremely high reward. They can easily steal copper and turn it around for cash, and they see it as low risk because typically, in the past, they have not been arrested and the courts have not looked at copper theft with the magnitude they do now. Over in the UK, British Telecom is taking on the copper cable thieves. Amateur radio newslines Jim Damron and 8TMW has the details. A new tool has been unveiled in the United Kingdom to literally locate copper wire thefts as they are taking place. Called the Rapid Assessment British Telecom Incident Tracker, or RABBIT, this computer-based program has the ability to monitor all 120 million kilometers of cable on BT's phone network. RABBIT is a real-time system based on a neural network that has been trained to sense the difference between a telecommunications cable being severed and a cable that has gradually failed. It does this by undertaking line tests and bandwidth measurements to home in on a telltale signature of a cable cut. This event data is then immediately plugged into an incident monitoring system which gives British Telecom security staff a national view of trouble spots on its networks, including cyber attacks. From Charleston, West Virginia, this is Jim Dameron, N8TMW reporting. The industrial-scale theft of copper telecommunications cables is a massive worldwide problem. In the UK alone, cable worth 770 million pounds was stolen from overhead and buried telephone lines and railway signaling systems in 2011.
According to the ARRL, an executive order dealing with telecommunications poses no threat to the amateur radio service. Amateur Radio Newsline's Norm Seeley, KI7UP, reports. On Friday, July 6, the White House released an executive order signed by President Obama that addresses the national security and emergency preparedness communications functions of the federal government. Contrary to some concerns raised in a few amateur radio circles, the order does not appear to contain any threat to the amateur service or its ability to continue support communications during times of emergency or disaster. It also poses no threat to hams for continued access to their spectrum. For Amateur Radio Newsline, Norm Seeley, KI7UP in Scottsdale, Arizona. A Haitian radio station in Montreal, Canada, has been hit by arsonists. This after hosts criticized the country's former dictator. CPAM 1610 AM was set ablaze following calls by show hosts for a criminal trial for Jean-Claude Duvalier, who returned to that nation last year. CPAM's North End administrative offices were partially destroyed and the studio suffered water damage, rendering it useless. A spokesperson for the Montreal Fire Department said the front window of CPAM 1610's studio was smashed and a fire lit near the broken glass at about 4 a.m. Monday, July 2nd. Another fire was started at the back of the second floor where the station's office is located, he said. Engineers had the station back on the air about 10 hours after the attack from an alternate studio location. According to its management, CPAM is a beacon for the more than 100,000 Haitian expatriates in Montreal who form the largest such community in Canada. Italy is shutting down its famed National Sound Archives. This as a likely result of the continuing economic downturn that has hit many European nations. On July 6th, a simple 12-line document was signed by the government to shut down the archive of priceless audio history dating back to the dawn of the machine recording. According to one source, there are close to half a million recordings housed in the Italian archive. The big concern now among preservationists is that unless another such museum, such as the United States Library of Congress, takes over the Italian archive, it could wind up being sold off on the streets or on an online auction site piece by piece. And finally this week, the story of an inquisitive preteen who has his first experience with ham radio with a television camera watching and recording the event. The young man's name is Colby. He's nine years old, and he's the star of a new children's television series called Colby's Corner that recently began airing on Christian television network station WLCN in Somerville, South Carolina. The theme of the show is very simple. It's Colby learning about various aspects of life by experience, as would any other youngster. Only Colby is sharing his encounters with the kids who watch on WLCN. And one of his recent trips took him to a ham radio station owned by Vince Lombardo, K4AOC. For those of you who are out of the coverage of WLCN but would like to watch Colby learn about ham radio from a real pro, that episode and all of the others can be seen online on YouTube. A direct link to the one we have been describing is tinyurl.com slash Colby's hyphen ham hyphen radio. The show also has a website at www.colbyscornertv.com.
those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, and ahead of operational news, news from Trent, VK4TS on awards, plus further from our RD Contest Manager, it's a Q News workbench and a safety talk. On Wednesday the 1st of August, the St George Amateur Radio Society will be having another one of their monthly gatherings at Kyle Bay and it will feature a discussion about safety. Amateur radio can be a dangerous hobby. Not only high voltages and RF exposure, many amateurs involved in home brewing or repairing their own equipment can be exposed to potentially dangerous chemicals, such as lead and solar and even PCB, polychlorinated biphenyls, and oil capacitors and transformers. Other hazards involve falling off roofs and towers or having things fall on you or your family. This discussion can alert you to the possible dangers and what strategies others have used to minimise the hazards. So if you're in the area of the St George Club, pop along August 1. Now special event stations, DX and Beacon and Net Advice. Two Croatian amateurs are with the NATO-led troops in Afghanistan. They are Marge and Vlado and can now be heard as T6TJ and T6VT respectively until the end of September. QSLs for both operators go to 9A6AA. South Essex Amateur Radio Society will be operating GB1HF close to the Olympic Mountain Biking Course at Hadley Farm in South Essex. The station will be operated at various times and days on several bands and modes from until the 28th of August. Special event stations and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. VK Remembrance Day Contest, August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend, August 18 and 19. Worldwide Lara Contest, August 25 and 26. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest SSB, October 6. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest CW, October 13. VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day, November 24 and 25. Now Winter VHF UHF Field Day results. The Winter Field Day results have been finalised. Full details are on the Field Day page on wia.org.au. One interesting feature is that this is the first field day where VK2 stations have won three sections and it is also the first event in which VK3 stations have won none. Congratulations to the section winners Matt Hetherington, VK2DAG, Stephen Harrison, VK2XDE, the Sunshine Coast Club, VK4WIS, Keith Minchin, VK5AKM and Justin Lavery, VK2CU. And congratulations to all. It was good to see an increase in activity by Foundation licensees in these single operator sections. They will receive an extra F-Call Challenge certificate. John VK3 KM reminds all that the next field day will be November 24 and 25. Hello, this is Alan, VK4SN, Remembrance Day Contest Manager. Remember to keep August 11th and 12th free for the RD contest. This year, a new start and finish time of 0300 applies. That's 1pm Eastern Australian Time. I'd like to clarify a couple of questions I have received via email. First one is, are separate logs required for HF and VHF? Well, you may submit separate logs if you wish, but all contacts can be made on one continuous log. If you are using an all-band radio, like the FT-857D for example, it is much easier that way, it connects to your software, and you can use the one radio for the entire contest. Well, the second question is, what exchange is used by a club when operators come and go? 
If the number of years of the club's longest licensed member is not known, then the longest licensed operator at the club at the start of the contest can be used. Once the number is decided, it is to be used as the exchange for the entire contest. Uh, paper logs. Some have made comment about mandatory computer logging and supplying Cabrillo format outputs. This may be the case in future years, but for now, paper logs are still very acceptable if one does not have the know-how to use computers or logging programs. If you wish to form a team, remember to email the contest manager with your selected team members. All info can be found in the rules. Till next week, this is Alan, VK4SN. Good morning, this is Trent, VK4 Tango Sierra. The awards program has come together very well under the stewardship of Bob Robinson, VK3SX, and shortly the new online database to replace the Excel spreadsheets will enter testing phases. Robert, VK3DN, is putting the finishing touches on this and it derives much of its flexibility from the work previously done with the VK100 WIA online logbook. The awards committee is also seeking suitable candidates for card checkers. Basically, the requirements are similar to the ARRL card checker requirements. Currently, we have Chris, VK1GG, Laurie, VK7ZE, and Steve, VK6IR. Ultimately, we would like to have one in every state, so if your state is not currently covered, please apply with your resume referring to the ARRL standards as a reference. This has been Trent, VK4TS. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Brisbane, it's relayed on 3605 kilohertz and 147 MHz at 7.30pm Mondays. I'm Bruce, VK4EHT. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club repeater carries the AMSAT VK Monthly Net from 8.30pm on the second Tuesday of each month with the next event to occur on the 14th of August. Fifty years ago, an antenna in Maine, USA, transmitted a television signal up into space where it was received by the Telstar satellite launched earlier that month. Telstar retransmitted the signal to the other side of the Atlantic, allowing Europeans to view a live press conference by President John F. Kennedy. That broadcast was the public debut of Telstar, widely considered the beginning of an era in satellite communications that has revolutionised the world. Telstar was, initially, a major technology accomplishment, demonstrating that a satellite could serve as a TV and other telecommunications relay station. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ILLW. The Central Coast Amateur Radio Club is participating with the Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia to activate Newcastle's Nobby Head Lighthouse in this year's Lighthouse event. This is the second year that this lighthouse has been activated by the CCARC after a long period of no public access. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The Shazada in the week-long 400-kilometre horse endurance event at St Albans, northwest of Sydney, and commences on Monday, August the 27th, and concludes on Friday the 31st. And the track for Timor will be in the VK2 Blue Mountains this year on Saturday the 15th of September. Registration is open for teams of four to six walkers to walk 5, 13, 25 or 45 kilometres through some of the most spectacular tracks of the World Heritage-listed Blue Mountains National Park. 
and Weiss and Victoria are involved in two events during the next quarter. If you're available to participate in any of these events, please get in touch with the contact listed for the event. Saturday, October the 20th, the Mini Canoe Marathon at Echuca. Contact Jared Werner, VK3GER. And on Sunday, October the 21st, the Stockman's Rally at Big River. Contact Ian Morris of VK3IFM. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Alrighty, let's wrap this edition of WIA National News up. On the social scene today, July 29, VK23, Albury Wodonga Amateur Radio Club. That's the Hamfest at Lavington Scout Hall. August 5, VK6, NCRG Hamfest, Cyril Jackson Rec Centre at Ashfield. August 12, Sarkfest in VK2 at the Summerland Amateur Radio Club Rooms in Lismore. August 25, VK4, 50 years of Ipswich Amateur Radio Club dinner at the Ipswich Turf Club. August 26 in VK2 is the Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club's Winterfest. September 28-30 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM at Camp Fairburn, that's in Emerald. November 4 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society, the Hamfest is at Goodwood. The Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest in VK3 takes place November 11. And Spark Hamfest at Rosebud, also VK3, that happens November 25. And it'll all happen again, the WIA National News, right here, this time next week, as I, Graham VK4 Baker Baker, brings you the wonderful world of amateur radio. Till then, walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe this has been the WIA National News Service Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates We'd appreciate you checking in VK1WIA We've reported, you decide